Hello and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings, commanders. Greetings, commanders. A show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the computer game Elite 4, known as Elite Dangerous. And the fantastic community that surrounds it. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads. A self-contained podcast two hours long. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. It's even louder than me. The hottest show this side of Dizzo. The name of the place. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. and welcome to episode 385 of Lave Radio, the show about the universes of the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Psykit, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder bar for this episode are our Head of Health and Safety, Mr. Ben Woodward, otherwise known as Ed, I'd... Hang on. How did they pronounce it on the Frontier stream on um, Thursday? They, they pronounced it many ways, uh, but but we'll, we'll try for Edelweiss, maybe? Let's go with Edelweiss. I think that might work. Should we try Ed- Edelweiss? Okay. Let's, let's give it a go. We also have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. And joining us this week, Photographer Extreme, Commander Orange Phoenix is with us today. Hello, hello. Wonderful. If you wish, you can join us live. We are hanging out in-game in open. I'm assuming you're at Lave Station, Ben? Yep, myself and Orange Phoenix are both at Lave Station. Oh, well, hop um, over. I believe Chris Mark IV might be joining us, although he's also panicking and scrabbling to catch up on his tech stuff. Yeah, so. let, let's not give him any more things to do. <laughs> he's pressed all his buttons and he's played with his knobs. He'll be fine. Wowza, wowza, we're starting early today, are we? If you can't get in-game, you can also join the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live, and by clicking on live chat and on twitch.tv slash laveradio. We're missing a Colin this week. We wish him well. We hope to see him next week. We do love him to pieces and hope that he comes back, because I'm not doing this every week. Let's start with what we've been up to this week. Let's start with Commander Shan. How has your week been? It's been very interesting. I haven't played any Elite this week. I just finished Mass Effect 1, so I'm about to start Mass Effect 2, because I've, I've never played the Mass Effect games. Um, so I bought the Legendary Edition a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I've been enjoying it. Out of game, I passed my level 1 Javelin and Enlor test at the weekend. So I got shown how to shoot Javelins and Endors, and also got shown how to drive a BMP. So I had a really fun weekend. Reason why you're preparing to invade Russia? Well, it's 
just something you do, you know. But actually, being uh, well, it was serious, but yeah, they they are scary weapons, javelins and end laws. They really are, you know, because it takes like six seconds with the end law. You just pick it up, and it's about twenty odd kilos. You pick it up and you put the red dot on what you want to blow up for six seconds. And when it beeps, you press the fire button and off it, off it goes, apparently. And then you just drop the tube and run away. And you can be in a bush, you can be in a window, anywhere, and gone within 30 seconds. It is absolutely terrifying thing. So basically you're saying an end law is a bit like a panda. It eats, shoots, and leaves. Yeah, I suppose so. The, the javelin was a little bit more involved than the analog because it's a bit heavier and needs setting up. And obviously, I'm not trying to say about all the setting up and all the prep and all the escape, all the planning and everything else that goes around it. But in actually using it, it was just like using an RPG in Call of Duty. It, it, I mean, it was it, it, it terrifying. Thing, Glad really. you added that qualification there, Shad, because I've never used an RPG either. Though I'm, I must admit, when you said that you'd been, you got a classification in Javelin, I was like, ooh, Shan's taking up track and field a little late. So I was completely on the wrong track, and you'll be happy to know that I'm now better, better acquainted with what that is. I, I used to quite like doing the Javelin at school. Until javelin I was so much fun. Yeah, until you nearly impaled the PE teacher by mistake, and then they sort of stop you doing it. Can you remember there was an episode of 999, I think it was, that Michael Burke presented, and there was a kid who got a javelin, like, shoved directly through his neck. Can you remember that? I remember that. Yeah! That that, that has stayed with me forever. (laughs) I remember my dad then piping up saying, I did that once to my javelin instructor. (laughs) (laughs) Genuinely skewered skewered his javelin instructor back in the 70s. I think the one with this neck, the the neck thing with the javelin, that it went straight through and missed every single organ or, or like tube or thing that was important and just somehow managed to miss everything and the the bloke just had a javelin through his neck but it was absolutely fine the the most recent thing about that i remember from tv is the guy in ghosts who has an arrow through his neck but that was about it i don't i don't know I've not seen Ghost, the sitcom, BBC One sitcom, no? No, I absolutely haven't. It, it's, it's kind of done by the Horrible Histories people. One of the guys was one of the um, evil detectorists. I've forgotten his name now. But anyway, it's a good series. A, a fairly average family who inherits a huge stately home. The wife falls out the window and then can suddenly see all the ghosts that have lived in the house and in the area. And she's the only person. I think I've heard of it. I think I've heard of it. It's one of those things where it, it's one of those things where you see a couple of adverts for it and you go, oh yeah, I'll definitely watch that. And then months. It's, completely, it's completely silly and, and mm. things, but it passes twenty minutes. It, it's it's not quite as good as the shadows one, the vampire one. That I'm 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 vaguely aware of as well. Okay, Ben, how has your week been? What have you been up to? So game wise, it's been a family week for me. Although I did spend, I spent a few hours of, of the weekend, I had to test BritBox out, which meant I basically had to watch some Blake 7, just because I, I had to test BritBox out. Apparently there were problems and, well, I had to do the right thing, didn't I? I like BritBox because it's got all the old Doctor Who. It's got Blake mm. 7, Space 1999, all the stuff I used to watch. As a kid on Saturdays, it's really good. Plus, it has. It's got new, the stuff I new... wasn't allowed to watch. It's got things like Sapphire and Steel on it. And Why like, weren't you allowed to watch Sapphire and Steel? Was it because my parents said I was too young to watch Sapphire and Steel? Was this just in case you had a thing for Joanna Lumley? Doesn't everybody? Even now? I mean, yes. 
Him. I was actually oh sorry, I know we're going off on another tangent. I watched a great <laughs> I watched a great thing actually, I think on Friday, I think it was, where Joanna it was just a random thing that was on TV that Joanna Lumley was just wandering around uh Berlin talking to these like... absolutely random bikers who play musical instruments in some garage place and possibly do weights or something. Oh, it I saw that on Google. Completely random, but it was amazing. I saw that on Gogglebox this week, that particular bit. Okay, it was, it was very good. I only caught a little bit of it, but I was like, that looks absolutely fab. Awesome, um, I'll probably have to check it, check that out at some point. I feel like yeah. I'm missing out loads of, t- on loads of good TV. You always come to me with a lot of TV things that you've watched. It, like, it, it, it's also got the new spitting image. Okay. Right, that's which, that's Does it have the new Red Dwarf? Uh, I don't know, but the, the new okay. spitting image has its moments. So it's, if you if you liked... If you like satire and puppets, the new fitting images. And who doesn't good. like satire and puppets? I think the only real game I've really been playing has been a spot of Minecraft, spot of Rec Room, and a wee spot of Red Dead Redemption. And which the rest been, family you know, time. And the rest, of, yeah, basically Rec, Rec Room and Minecraft's all been family time, basically, because it was like my son and daughter are both pulling me into both of them games. Do you play Minecraft with your kids? or I do. I, I like playing Minecraft with the Shanglings when they were yes. younger because I, I I'd make I, I'd make a uh, a sand trap, you know, because you can put a you can, you can dig a hole and put a block of sand over it and then put something oh, on top of it, can't you? Different ways that Shan bullies his children. I understand. I get it. <laughs> hey, oh no, I didn't. It's their it's their own stupid fault because I put a sign up saying, "Please don't stand here." Don't right stand in the, trap the sand. Is. Yeah. And they yeah. did. And it's not my fault they fell in the lava. I mean, well, my, my son does the same idea to me, but I was actually I was very impressed with my son the other day. Uh, I know he does these things, but he went off and put some powdered snow in a pattern with other blocks of the same type, or other blocks that looked very, very similar. So you're just running over it, and all of a sudden you're in the powdered snow. And then that then drops you into the aforementioned pit of lava as well. Uh, but I, I was very impressed because that was quite sneaky for him. Yeah, that's what I like about Minecraft. Well, I mean, some of the things people have done with it are amazing, like making the computer. Oh, out of that's, yeah, that one, one hertz redstone computer is amazing. OP, it's really good to have you on the show. Um, what have you been up to recently? Or since the last time that you were on, which was probably about a year ago. Oh, uh, well... I mean, I'll, that's a lot. I'll, I'll, yeah, that's a lot. I'll, I'll, I'll maybe stick to the last week. Uh, <laughs> I've been testing out a new... AX combat build using one of the Salvation, or sorry, two of the Salvation plasma chargers and standard gauze. And I'm really enjoying that. And ended up taking a commander to the Thargoid structure and uh, talking them through setting that up for the first time, which is quite cool. I always love uh, seeing or hearing new commanders sort of reactions with these things that they've not seen them before. Also been playing a little bit of the early access Planet Crafter. That's um, so much fun. It is good, isn't it? It's addictive so as anything. Fun. <laughs> and, and it's so bare bones, it really is, but it's yeah. so much fun. I had a stab at the beta and then uh, got the early access and uh, was surprised that I could continue my save from the beta as well. I really, I haven't loaded it for a little while, so I'll have a look. They've definitely added quite a few little bits to it since the, the early access release. I highly recommend it. Uh, really, really good fun. Very Subnautica, mm-hmm. but with its own kind of little difference. And that's been pretty much it. I've been watching Battlestar Galactica again, though. Which one? Watching. 
old or new? The new one, because I only ever watched that series through once. And I thought, oh, I, I, I'll, I'll watch again, see if it's grown on me a bit, because um, I didn't really enjoy it the first time round. But I'm um, kind of enjoying it. Talking about Ron Moore, Mrs. Shan is addicted to Outlander. She loves Outlander, because that's, that's another Ron Moore show. So, yeah, it's like, Monday, Outlander, go away, don't talk to me. Outlander's on. You keep talking about shows that I've not seen, and I don't feel like I, I can contribute. Well, you might you, you might like Outlander. It's Probably. A bit, it's a bit, yeah, I don't know, it's, a, it's about this nurse in the 1940s who goes back in time to Scotland and has to try and fit in with the whole Scottish clan culture and all. It's a, it's a love story and stuff as well. It's a real kind of... The, the, the oddest ripper. Yeah, that's right. I mean, she she yeah. really likes it and it's got a time travel element to it. And it, it's, yeah. I, I think I know why women tend to like that show. I'll be honest. It, it it sounds interesting. Are you are you suggesting that there is some eye candy on there that might be that might be somewhat attractive? Uh, the, the amount of people I've spoken to that have uh, said, "Oh, oh you're, you're Scottish. Um, uh, could, could could you say Sassernak? It's Sam Hewn, isn't it? Is the actor's name? They drew it over. I think that's that sounds familiar. But yes, uh, it, it has some some eye candy from what I gather from most women's reactions. So. Okay, um, taking notes, actively taking notes. Uh, <laughs> excellent. Okay, oh, oh, what have I been up to this week? It was a husband's birthday on, on Sunday. We did an escape room in a box, which was cool and very tricky. In game, I've been doing a lot of material gathering. Um, we're going to bring this up a little bit later, but there's a PvP event happening this weekend, and I've been wanting to, like beef up a little bit to be able to go with the, go to this PvP event this weekend. And yesterday I sat through and I played Deliver Us the Moon for the first time. And I know I am late to the party with that game. But holy crap, what a game. What an absolute game. If you haven't played Deliver Us to, to the Moon, sorry, Deliver Us the Moon. Oh my God. Oh my God. It is one of the best games I've ever played. It is completely phenomenal and I highly recommend and there's a sequel coming out this year so um it's it's not super expensive it's about four or five hours worth of gameplay absolutely do it absolutely do it it's great was it what platforms it for sale on probably available on steam um for quite cheap I bought it on steam for like a tenner I think it's so good <laughs> it's like a puzzle game but it's also space it's I, I've got I've got so many good things to say to say about that game, and I'm still processing it. I cannot wait for the sequel. It was a very, very, very good game. Did you manage to get it finished then yesterday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I finished it yesterday. Okay, okay so cool. I, I I started it at about half past one, and I finished it at just gone six. And I didn't feel like I was speed running or anything, but you, you got halfway through the game, and apparently they. They got to the end where there was a... It sort of, like, pans away for a second. And then all of the, the the very, like, last section of the game was, like, an episode that they added later. And I cannot imagine being one of those people waiting for that second part of the episode because that's a good story. It's a good story. Um, if you've not played it, absolutely go and play it. And Frontier are the publishing house behind the next one. So go and give it a play. It's good. Moving on to development news. What what have the devs said this week? Well, what haven't they well they haven't said an awful lot. I'm not gonna lie. They they pronounced Edelweiss wrong maybe 80 times. They it was hilarious. 
it was beautiful. I really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed chat writing in, uh, no, it's Edelweiss. And then going, I still don't understand this. That's <laughs> why I shortened my character name to Shan, not not the full. Not Shanelli. Yeah, Rhinel. So, yeah, it yeah. was just kind of, just give, give developers like a single syllable name to say and they're happy. Just make it easy. I think, that's, I think that works for most things. I mean, it's like, yeah, just give all of us single syllable non-weird names that have a reasonable amount of consonants and vowels. And it's kind of a boring name and we won't muck it up for you all the time. That sounds fair, doesn't it? Like, I mean, just m- maybe make, try and make it in the language of the devs. There's an idea. <laughs> or like phonetically readable for the devs. Bless them not knowing Edelweiss. It was beautiful. Let's face it, though. A lot of uh, commander names are, aren't the easiest to pronounce in most cases. They're oh, no. We're, we're nonsense humans. Can, can, can I get on a bit of a soapbox about commander names? You! A soapbox. You, Shan. Absolutely, you can. It's like when I see a commander in game or even on stream or something, I want them to have, in quotes, a proper name. I don't want them to be frederick 67 1982 burp or something like that i yeah because it, it, i don't know i just want someone to have uh, yeah, a proper name of my my immersion or something like that so you don't want them to have numbers after the name you want their names to be original i, I want them almost to be role-playing names in a way you know appropriate to the game i just yeah i mean they the user the username can be anything you like but the displayable name i think needs to be something proper sorry that's just me being Weird, I suppose, but yeah. No, I can see it. I don't I can, like especially for like an RP purpose. Yeah, yeah. I can, I can under, understand that. I know, Ben, you, you were quite impressed with the fact that Frontier called the serious supporters the sellout group. That did tickle my sense of humour, given what I was saying all of last week. Your one-man crusade. My, well, no, there was a few more than one man. I know, I know. I agreed with you, mate. Yeah. But not many more than one man, and you know most most of the my fellow commanders were indeed sellouts. Confirmed canon by FDF. <laughs> yeah. We also had some dev news on Friday when um, I know I know this isn't doesn't exactly fall under story alert, <laughs> but we we did get some dev news on Friday when they posted their exciting new inconceivable paint jobs, which I thought was excellent. Are you going to buy them? I mean, I mean they are unfortunately tragically fictitious, Shan. So I might struggle in purchasing one. I know. I'll get you to play along. I'm, I don't know. I, I was quite into the idea of getting the Type 8. I've always, I've always wanted that. I think there is a market. There's a place in the world for a Type 8. I really enjoyed the fact that they said um, available now for the Type 8, Crate Mock 5 and the Porpoise. But they didn't say the Panther Clipper, which doesn't <laughs> mean that it's not a thing. <laughs> yeah, the Panther Clipper is definitely still a thing. And then yesterday we had the Discovery Scanner, which had a very prominent section about yourself, OP. Talking about what, what you, were just, you were just talking about then, about helping a commander discover the um, Guardian site. Yeah, yeah, I was quite surprised to sort of see that. It's one of the things I've always loved about Elite. You potentially can just bump into a commander. And obviously with a lot of the social media aspect, whether it be Twitch, Twitter, you name it, you can end up often coming across people that don't know about something and then if you know go go show them it just yeah. um, it's one of these communities isn't it absolutely the best thing about bumping into a commander is making them go boom shan well well there's certainly commanders out there that like to do that that's very true we need the- to attach some electro electros onto shan i think to just like no 
Let, let's celebrate like the the good and interactions as well, rather than just the ones where we where yes, we murder folks. You you haven't waited for the second part. You you make them go boom, then you show them, them how to do it to others. So you're actually helping them. So you pass you pass it pass it along. You do it once and then pass it along. I can I can get behind that. <laughs> the other dev thing was the, the green screen hilarity. The green screen <laughs> hilarity was fantastic. Yeah, yep, loving it. Absolutely loving it so much. I, I love to see just like how much effort people go in for it as well. It's great. It's great. And I love the fact that they did it once and then they were like, oh, no. And then they've just embraced it. Good lads. I think there are some things which you just have to do, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So in-game events, what's happened this week? Um, I feel I feel really bad not being able to pass to Colin because he's really good at talking about this. Not a huge amount happened that we weren't expecting, I don't think, with the exception of the little special secret thing that happened. So on Thursday, we had the Taurus Mining Ventures calling for support. That happened, which no one saw coming, and it wasn't like they were precursoring it on, on Monday at all. Then we got also confirmation that all Ben's hopes and dreams had gone astray and the reort system remained allied, which was a pain. Then on Friday the 1st, we got that the Hudson contravention vote was suspended. I think general gist of it is he didn't think that he could win, so he decided to suspend the vote. And then also some commanders got got some special DMs from Salvation asking for Guardian stuff. So a special super secret hidden CG. Do we know how those commanders were selected? I think it was commanders who had done anything for Salvation in the past because I got a message and I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, correct. It's commanders that took part in previous Salvation efforts would would get the message. I may, may or may not have taken part. Have you have you sent anything um, their way yet? Yeah, top twenty five percentile. Noise. I don't know what to make of it. It's it is a weird one. The, the, you know, obviously you can't trust them, but who can you trust? Yeah, true. <laughs> it's the kind of situation. And I took part in the previous one. Um, a, a group of the guys in the pilots' lounge did quite a lot uh, of the the previous guardian gathering one. And they hadn't sort of said that you were getting anything other than just you know payment for the the goods. So uh, I, I dropped off. I think it was about two hundred two hundred and twenty items, um, and then find out that supposedly there's an anti Xeno decal coming with it as well. So I was like, all right, okay, added bonus. I'm gonna have to hop on and do some. I think I didn't realise there was an anti Xeno decal. Well, that's it, annoying. I, I'm just. I, I only found out about it when I was reading the. I'm the just photos, reading it now. To be absolutely <laughs> honest. <laughs> As a question, do you think that's a fun thing for Frontier to do, or would you rather have seen it done a different way or not bothered with giving people decals for stuff like this? I don't mind. Personally, I like the incentives of something cosmetic that you can display with pride. I like those kind of things, uh, like anything which which provides you with a reward. I like the idea of the sort of decal more as a fact that it's not anything that really adds to gameplay, like a weapon or something mm-hmm. like that. So it's a, it's an incentive that's there that doesn't bribe you as such. It's more, oh, that would be nice to have, as <laughs> opposed to, oh, I need that weapon. Oh, and yeah, true. Things. Um, so I do like them. Um, I think paint jobs would be a nice touch to, to bring back, because they did do them in the past, if I remember right. Personally, I think they should do a lot more within game cosmetics as rewards for in-game achievements 
because it's a really good incentive to get people playing and it doesn't affect the balance of the game. Mm-hmm. And it's just a special, oh, do you remember when I got this? And particularly yeah. if it's just it's a one-off thing and uh, this horizontal progression system where you get cosmetic and whatever rewards for doing stuff in game, I, I do like. I'm not sure about the criteria, i.e. you had to do something for salvation although that does make make sense i think i i would have liked to have had something you know more more decision based i can choose to do this rather than nothing but in in in, in general getting the uh, cosmetic rewards i'm all for that i prefer that than pre-engineered stuff or credits I, I feel like um also just noting that in, in the chat, um, both Katie and Wintermute both said that they have done stuff for salvation and taken part in previous things for them and didn't get a message. So that's that's quite strange. I part of me wishes that even if you hadn't of done anything in the past, you would still get a message, maybe a slightly different one going, we know you haven't taken part in stuff in the past. However, this is an opportunity that may be of interest to you. Just like a slightly different message to not alienate those commanders that haven't done anything for them in the past. Yeah, maybe up the limit. So if you've done stuff for Salvation before, I don't know, let's say you have to turn in 100 Guardian Artifacts. If you're complete new, never done anything for Guardian 4, that's then 150. Something like that. So you don't exclude people, but Mm -hmm. you've still got the Salvation trust you a bit more than a newbie, so therefore the criteria to get a decal is is less. That would make sense in a way, but all props to Frontier for giving something like that a go, because I prove. Yeah, they've, they've done little bits like that before, though, haven't they? Uh, I was just going to say, out of curiosity, Saika, did you take part in the Guardian Collection Salvation thing previously? That's a really good question. I think I did. So that might be the key. That, yeah, that one might be the might be the kicker. I wonder whether those who have done stuff before who haven't received it, it, it may just be that one CG that... I'm, I'm being told that I did do it, so... And Katie is saying that she didn't do that one. So maybe that is the maybe that is the point that we need to take a look at. Possibly. And we do we do have a little thing um from Colin who wanted to say taking out Guardian Sentinels with a scorpion instead of a scarab is a lot of fun now, which I haven't I don't think I've tried yet. Did you get on with that, um, OP when you've been doing it? I didn't actually come across the site that I went to is uh, ancient runes. All right, okay. So, you know, you don't have that, that issue. It allows you to you know, collect comfortably without without any sort of interruption. But that's something I have not tried. I've seen other people doing it, and it does seem uh, not only a lot more fun, but a lot safer, too, than the Scarab. It doesn't get thrown about quite as much from what I could see. Mm. And then on today, we had confirmation that the Marlinists were going to be holding a public referendum to decide whether or not they were going to remain on their own or join the alliance does anybody have any thoughts about this whatsoever before i get on my soapbox i I was going to say a little bit grumpily does anyone actually care (laughs) really by now for me the marlinist story has been there done that being on the next thing but maybe i'm grumpy so, so these are the people who are left over from the, the neo-Marlinists. These are the people who are just followers of Marlinism and not, not those, um, the, the extremists, essentially. This is what we're led to believe from the law. Now, this is going to sound really controversial coming from me. 
Um, my hump with it is that I don't... It's so inconsequential because we have, from what I can see, absolutely no way of being able to influence the result of that whatsoever as commanders. And I know that I know I've argued the op opposite way for it before, but um, I would really, really, um, and this might be a cause of contention in in the psychic household because I know that little biggin is like they should join the um, alliance it'll be or the empire, whichever one it is. Um, uh, they'll be much better for them, and I am very staunchly in the camp that they should stay on their own. I, I guess the question is in the overall story arc, which is there more content possibilities for because. Being independent, to my mind, gives them more story possibility than joining up with the Alliance. But So I think they should choose a story benefit or reason, yeah. not not a fictitious political one. I have yeah. a... Um, oh, sorry, OP, go ahead. I, I was going to say, it's just the kind of relevance. You know, what is the relevance to to them joining the, the Alliance? Is this to sort of bring in a story arc that's causing issue between the lions and imperials or um it's it's one of these fillers i think uh, just in the interim mm -hmm. before something next is to happen just it's, it's like a flee yeah it's like a fling between characters and these tenders or a soap opera or something isn't it really it's kind of, no one really cares it's just kind of something to pass the time my my problem is is that I I kind of am invested in the Marlinists and what happens to them, and I'd I'd like them to remain on their own so that maybe in the not too distant future we could get some power play benefits to handheld weapons, or um things things like that you know like ex more power play leaders because we've got so many more items now that we can use it would be nice to have new power play leaders come to the forefront and be like hey look i can do this with your dominator suit kind of thing oh that'd be interesting you have power play powers for own, that were only there on foot that would be an mm -hmm. interesting mechanic although i guess you really would be the proper postman then wouldn't you know people get leaflets you'd have to run around putting leaflets through letterboxes Possibly. in bases yeah the development of the power play would be something nice to sort of look at and, and and try and you know bring that into the fold a little because it's obviously it's, it's it doesn't really do that much and it's it's a missed opportunity you know we, there could be a a regular flow of power play characters coming in with different uh, elements power power play rewards etc that, that that could be uh, just ticking along and obviously affected by commanders another aspect to to, to work towards yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's not there entirely just like an old two soap characters that you don't really give a toss about. I think there I think there's something more to it, but I'm so viscerally <laughs> viscerally in the direction that I don't want them to fall under under their their um empire um bracket that I'm kind of like I'm really hoping for an outcome and I wish I could influence it in some way. I think that takes us to that time of the week again. In the bi-weekly newsletter, here come paint jobs for your art. In the bi-weekly newsletter, here come paint jobs for your art. <laughs> 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 
Well, for, for a joyous store alert tune, there's, there's not a lot new, to, to be completely honest. However, I did completely cut Ben off before I started. I started doing anything and Ben had a suggestion with regard to the power play stuff. I was just I was just reading something that I think it was Jose, I think that the name was in YouTube, and they were suggesting having a power play that gave us a pet instead of a weapon. And I think or something for our ship. So I love the idea of some kind of power play thing that just gives you a little I don't know, crab or something like that that follows maybe, you around. Maybe you could do both. You could have a pet that is a weapon, so you could like pick a cat up and throw it at someone, and the claws get in their spacesuit and puncture it or something. And now we've discovered what Shan's been training, training his cats for. Uh, yeah, this, this, this is indeed what um, test subject Alpha's up to, isn't it? Adding to the algorithm, adding to the algorithm. You yeah. should, you, you should be worried what my mind goes to, what to do with hamsters. Yeah, let's not go there. Definitely, definitely not going to yeah. go there. <laughs> um, oh, have, you, have you read Flintlock Engineering? I haven't. Uh, so uh, it's a thing. It's going back years and years and years. But it was it was a car. It was a cartoon, and you know, it was Warcraft derivative. And the engineer basically kept inventing weapons that would shoot animals at people to then go off and rip their faces off, like you know. Sh- Things, subtle things like a squirrel cannon and so on. But what? the imagery that went along with this was absolutely hilarious. Well, in medieval times, they did used to put dead animals in catapults, didn't they? And fling them over the wall. Yeah, but that was an the early wall. form of biological warfare, isn't it? Sometimes I wonder what sort of tangents you, you... How quickly the tangents that you guys go on become those tangents. <laughs> Did it's you not amazing. know that was the thing, Sai, that it's they did fire warfare? It's such a skill. It really is. I did. I did know that. Anyway, the paint jobs that came out this yes. week, there weren't any there weren't any new ones. However, I think either today or on Friday, they posted that it was a Diamondback Explorer it, you can now get on the Twitch drops as part of the the green the, the, the sort of like the greeny pink one and the, the other purple one. Which leads me to believe that we're also going to be able to get, at some point, the anaconda and the crate, which makes me very happy. So that's quite nice. So we've got new paint drops paint drops coming up for April with the Twitch drops. Only on the Elite Dangerous channel. It is a question for you, Sire, about paint jobs and ships. Do you ha- look for a paint job that suits the ship you're flying? And do you keep that paint job? for that ship and just buy another ship just in case you want a paint job or do you Damn. just change paint? Shan, I buy a paint job if it's pink. Come on. <laughs> I'm and, and, so I'm one-dimensional. I'm the same with orange, so yeah, I can't Exactly. I can't you, you, that one. See, I have... It's see, just like, okay, that fits my theme. <laughs> see, I have, a, I, I have a colour code for my paint schemes on my ships. So the colour of the paint skin or the nature of the paint skin is determined for what I use the ship for. So, for example, uh, same goes for SRV. So an SRV is always orange for me because in exploration, you always have an orange buggy or something like that to drive around on, so therefore it has to be orange. Combat ships have to be black. Trading ships have to be shiny silver because, hey, it's bling and you need to show off a bit. Uh, And sort of things like that. So I I colour-code my ships depending on what I want to use them for. Appreciate that mentality. Nah, it, 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 it's pink or purple. Although, 
Iridescent Scorch is kind of the colours of my player faction. So um, I was sorely tempted by a little bit of green and orange. Beautiful. It's glorious. And I was so happy it came back out because I was waiting a year and a half for that to come back. So I could (laughs) recreate my Xbox Anaconda on the PC. So finally got my Orphan Annie with its uh, Iridescent Scorch and has it has it. Has it really been a year and a half? Because I was like, it'll come back around at Christmas, it'll be fine. But now now you've put the fear of God into me, OP. <laughs> I, I, I literally have been sitting waiting since I inherited the PC from my father. And I've been sitting waiting patiently. And that's been about a year and a half since I've got onto the PC. Oh, man, that, give, that gives me proper fear. <laughs> However, we did have Odyssey release and all that in between. So that might have you're been right, the delay. Right. It's probably an annual thing. So fingers, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Absolutely. I think what we'll do now is we'll take a little bit of a break and then we'll come back with our main topic. Want to tour the frontier? Travel with Colmac Reeve and our new fleet of passenger starliners. We've opened up the universe for a range of budgets. Option one, luxury. My husband and I like to travel in comfort. The new luxury cabins were like a home away from home. After all, one's home is a castle. Option two, first class. We'd saved up a bit for a really special trip. The first class cabins were like nothing we've travelled in before. Really luxurious. Option three, travel cabin. We would a trip with Cormac Reeves' monthly lotto. A travel cabin for two on a Starliner around the solar system. Once in a lifetime for us, simply amazing. Option four, basic accommodation. Me and my mates just wanted to pitch around the universe. It's so great that we have the option of getting a really cheap cabin to see the sights. It saved us loads. And for the budget conscious and slaves, we have our cheapest option yet. Well, I needed it. And we won't sell any of those frozen passengers into slavery. I promise. Colmac Reeves All Budget Tours. Seeing the galaxy from luxury to freezing tubes. public service announcement from the fuel rats please stop what you're doing and pay attention if we can rescue you we will but you can help us help you by following these easy steps one fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise two note down the current system and the nearest stellar body three if you're on emergency life support log out immediately four Go to FuelRats.org and click Get Help. Five, stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? Hi, I'm Trent Stephen Findlist Jr., and I'm here to tell all you pilots about a great new service. Take a listen to my friend, Pete. My name is Pete, and I'm a long-distance haulier. I drive a Puma shipping farm machinery from Leasty to Sawayo. I love my family and I don't mind being a hard-working blue-collar dad, but I'm tired of seeing my family grow old in front of my eyes. Every time I make the run there and back, I lose 15 days in hyperspace. 
My family is starting to notice that they're getting older and I'm not. My wife had a baby last week. I did a week of shifts and now my kids got teeth. I wish there was some way my family could get old at the same speed as me. There is, Pete. How? By buying into my new service, Findlist Cryogenics. We aim to put the freeze on the premature ageing of your family. The process is simple. Our unique family centres allow you to drop off your loved ones on the way to work. Simply hire the number of cryogenic pods you need and keep your family asleep while you fly among the stars. We ensure synchronicity with your flight patterns so they spend the same time awake that you spend in the cockpit. And when you get home, bingo! Your family is the same age as you. Never lose family time in hyperspace again. We guarantee that you'll never miss another birthday, anniversary or funeral. Wow, Trent, that sounds great. Where do I sign? Simply put your credit card details into our special webpage under the hashtag WeFreezeYourLove. We'll take care of the amounts, no need to worry about that. It's so simple. I can't wait to keep my family in a secure block of ice. It's a weight off my mind. Findalist Cryogenics, now at your local spaceport. Findalist Cryogenics, because the family that grows old together goes cold together. And welcome back. Those of you who were listening last week will know that we talked about a lot of hidden gems that are that are in the game and things that we wanted to point out. And I thought that to carry on that discussion, it would be nice to talk about some of the unsung heroes of Elite. So, for example, makers of third-party applications or folks and groups in game that are consistent assets in making our galaxy just so much more dynamic. And we've been brainstorming this for a little while. So if I pass to Commander Shan first to tell me about some things I didn't even know about. Oh, there's a couple sprang to mind in the conversations. Um, the first of all was a, a group um, called the Rock Rats. And they sprang to fame in helping a commander reach Beagle Point in their unengineered Sidewinder um, that didn't have an SRV. So... In an unengineered ship, the only way you can reach Beagle Point is to use Jumponium. So what the Rock Rats did um, was they would land on a planet in which some of the minerals for Jumponium resided. They would drive around in their SRV until they found the rocks, and they would then blow the rock up with their SRV. Said sidewind, they would then scrape along the ground with its uh, cargo doors open and then scoop the materials into their ship, thus giving them Jumponium. And what I liked about that is not only was it helping a commander do something crazy like get to Beagle Point in Sidewinder, it was helping that, but that's also doing in what I think a really original and fun way, that of scraping on the ground. So the Rock Rats was was mine. I don't know how active they are now, because most people probably have an SRV, but back then they were they were new unique. The the other one, and this really does date me as a player, was something called Slowpiece Tool. And this was a application written by, I believe he's a forum mod called Slopey, who uh, would scrape the game memory for commodity prices. And then you could then do a trading route from the memory scraped by this crowdsourced data. And uh, the other, and I still used it. Even when the memory scraping bit was um, disabled because Frontier um, didn't want people to do that anymore. But I still use it because it was also the precursor to ED Discovery, 
in that it would note down your jumps as you went and allow you to make notes in the route. So you could then export it to Excel and you had a route. And um, back when I went to Beagle Point, um, back in 2015, 16, whenever it was, I used Slopey's tool to document my journey. So I've got a spreadsheet with all the earth likes I found and the entire route I took across the abyss all the way there using Slopey's tool. So, and uh, I, I really, really rated it and it was invaluable at the time. And actually at the Frontier Do, I met Slopey for the first time and shook his hand because he was a big, big help back in the day. That's awesome. I today I learned now th- this is definitely showing the fact that I I really only play played elite since horizons dropped but um today I learned you could scrape along the ground in a sidewinder and pick something up from a planet I genuinely didn't realize that was something that you could do that's wild Ben did you have something to say about Slopey's I think as Shan alluded to you know Slopey's tool originally worked by scraping the memory and then that was that was like yeah guys please don't do that um so then, for a wee while, we had, okay, just enter your data by hand. But then what I thought was even was a great way of advancement for that before we had the API, what they then went off and did was you would take a screenshot of the commodities page or pages, and then you could put that into a thing that I think it was called Elite OCR or something like that, which would basically recognize where you were what and what the goods were and how much they were, and then enter those details into Slopey's tool. Um, that's that's so clever. Yeah, it's it's just a, I was like, because you know I can understand Frontier not wanting people to you know please don't read our game's memory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and then with I think it was when the game was originally launched, there was a um, there was a. For a, for a very short amount of time, and it really was a short amount of time, there was a official iOS application. And that's where the origins of the API come around. Because um, people very quickly, people being people, very quickly learned about this iOS application. And it's like, oh, hang on, we're publishing this data somewhere. Now, I know it's not for our applications, but maybe we could use that as well. Um, Staying that, Ben, I just remembered, wasn't there a live radio app? I think oh Grant kind of made kind of made a live radio app that's basically played our played played the show and things like that, but it never it never it was never really a thing, and I never really saw I I never saw the point of that. It's like you know we're available as a podcast. Why would you want to install a podcast player that can only play one podcast? But you know I understand that people maybe want you know the you know the live radio icon on something like that on their on their iPad, um, but. Oh, I just I thought there were so many lovely little things that we we could do before we had the official API, and now of course that we've got the official API. Is it Malcolm or Marcus or something like that? The guy who what's the name of the guy who maintains that again? Shan, can you remember? Ah, uh, I I forget. Uh, anyway, full kudos to to him, and I, I apologize for not remembering your name. I should I should. I do know it, and I should know it, and I can't remember it because I'm shit with names. Um, so yeah, but we we love the we love the fact that Frontier have given us this API now. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it makes it makes so many things all the way from you know I don't want to say silly little apps like EDMC, but EDMC know, is EDM no 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 don't you dare 
Don't exactly. you dare, silly app DMC. Uh, I'm trying to think of some silly little app though that is it, absolutely it was... fucking useless, but still uses the still uses the API for something fun and silly. And I can't I don't think know. of anything. I remember what? the G19 keyboard app that yeah. had a little sat nav thing that would guide you to whatever yeah, load you had, coordinates you, had you wanted. Um, but anyway, some if you could, any any of us could write a silly little app that's like, "Hey, you've landed at Lave, and go off and play a silly sound effect or something like that." I guess. Yeah, we I could mean, do that, Shan. That's H. That's HCS uh, would do that, wouldn't it? You well, could you could ask H- HCS to do that. And that's that's exactly where I was going with this, Sai. It's almost like you could read my mind. I know, it's like, such a segue, no, I H- needed to point it out. <laughs> HCS, HCS voice packs also go off and use a lot of the API to go off and communicate with their app what you're doing, so it can then go off and do crazy things like plotting routes for you and you know setting, setting your pips and you know, all the amazing stuff that HCS does that is so rich that it's not just well, I'll, I'll mock pressing a button for you and hope for the best. Because hmm. the app just does... The app does... The API just tells them that, and it's great, and God bless Frontier for releasing it. Sorry, okay, I'm, is I'm, it... No, 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 it's I'm okay. Okay, is there anything that. That, um, that springs to mind for you? Um, well, like, originally coming from Xbox, there was very little in the way of, sort of third-party apps that were you know, made overly usable. Um, other than like EDDB, for example, that, yeah, that was a tool that I thrived on in my early days of playing Elite. Um, and the fact that you know it's still going strong, it, I, I still use it um, for for a lot. You know, the, but it's 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 one that I could use on my phone comfortably, and I could use on a PC if I had access to a PC at the time. Um, that that one, I. I Made me a lot of money. <laughs> say over the years, made me a lot of money. Um, but the, you know, there's so many out there. There, you know, I could go on about a whole bunch of the ones that that have, have been sort of thought up and, and we've talked about. Um, but on another tangent, I I, I would say, uh, like Commander Tokoso and his music. Mm-hmm. Um, because let's face it, Elite is one of these these games that you can play watching something, or you can play listening to something quite comfortably. And Toko, so um, so proud to call him a, a good friend. Uh, his music, I just can't get enough of. I still can't get enough of it when I'm when I'm doing Elite. Um, you can relate so much to all the little subtle stuff that's going in there. And uh, obviously, with the uh, the recent podcast. It, you did, uh, like you know, we we know that there is a new album on the horizon, and super super excited for that. Um, when it when it comes out, <laughs> well, twelve coming out. Yep, yep. Uh, it, it, I don't think it'll be too much longer. Better not be. Um, but yeah, it, it's the you know I noticed that Black Sky Legions you know mentioning the game wouldn't be. Wouldn't be playable without third-party apps. For console commanders, there isn't a lot that we have access to, and now being on PC and having access to this, I actually don't use a lot of the third-party apps because I kind of got used to not having them as as, as a tool to use. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I say, EDDB is one that I, I still oh wonder where I could find this boom, and I'm straight in there and do it. Um, but I'll, I'll pass on to, to, to other people because I know there's there's lots to go through here. I mean, 
I mean, we we have to we have done some extensive research and done a big list. Um, for for myself, the the two things that while the um the the two things that really really spring to mind when it comes to making the galaxy dynamic for me are um a the buckyballers and anyone who has organised a buckyball race is bloody wonderful or or any sort of. I'll say any sort of race, not just buckyball race, but let's citing buckyball as an example of a, pe- a group of people who have organised a lot of races. Um, having a- another objective to do in game when it hasn't been um, when when that's not something that's readily available. So they've gone out and done done scouting, decided on the right place to go and do the races, and then set up the race and done all of those kind of things. And then, and then also when they run the race, it's keeping track of all of the, the times coming in and then verifying those times and those, those kind of things that are really for, for like a little, at at least from my experience for like a, a week of my life will consume my Elite Dangerous gameplay. And I love them for it. And it is wonderful. Um, and I'm not trying to vie for just like extra honorable points or anything, Alec, but if I was. Um, the uh, for me another thing um, that we we haven't mentioned yet is um, Commander Garrod and the BGS bot, um, which is a BGS bot in Discord where you can get all of the information that you need. Um, it tells you when the tick is. It does all the all of those kind of things. Um, monitors and also uh, BG. I, I forget what the actual website is but it also reports your website with like really really good graphs showing you everything that you're doing and for like a stats nerd um i i feel like a proper kin um kindred spirit in commander garrod and um, what elite bgs.app you're thinking elite bgs.app yes if only there was some kind of way of being able to remember that it was an app for the elite bgs and then just be able to remember the url i I've just thought of another uh, uh, another guy. I, I followed avidly, and what they did is they laid mm-hmm. down a lot of the groundwork for ship builds and combat and the numbers right. that go behind like, the weapons and the shield. And uh, although he did use to uh, do YouTube, he also used to do articles as well, and that was a chat called Cornelius. And he, he sounded a bit like Yamex, but don't hold that against him. Um but he was really knowledgeable, and he would he would do. I think a lot of his work actually went into the went into the Coriolis um, website. But he would do lots of testing on okay, what's the shield, what's the shield damage for a class two beam laser on a class A shield on a Cobra, for example. He would do that very methodically, very scientifically, and then produce the results. So you could actually look and decide and design a ship build based on proper metrics rather than whatever figures it said in the outfitting bit. So yeah, I remember Cornelius. He was good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a really that's a really good one. Um also like talking about talking about like ship builds and things, we haven't even mentioned ED Shipyard or Coriolis, which are phenomenal. Which are, are like phenomenal um phenomenal resources, absolutely. Um and yeah, abs- uh, the other thing, the other thing that I forgot to mention, which I was going to blanket mention at the top, was absolutely content creators, a hundred percent, 
a hundred percent um all like anyone who is still creating content around elite and is um like helping the the thing about elite dangerous content creators i don't know any elite dangerous content creator who isn't like actually we don't want anyone to play our game <laughs> you know everyone is like anyone you drop into is so helpful and so um so lovely and that's just like testament to the whole um elite community just so helpful and so lovely as far as like helping other people out but they get recognized an awful lot so um my main thing was about unsung heroes um with this yeah not that we can really call people like toko so unsung well but yeah my God, true. You, you know, toko so completely and utterly is a lord and deserves us all singing about it even when we're singing about our, lo our lord and, our lord and master toko so 100 yeah. 100 um the other one that i was going to mention which i which actually isn't in our list, which I need to add to the list, um, is ED Observatory, which is one which a lot of people don't know about. And I did get told who did it, and I cannot remember for the life of me who made it, and I feel really bad about that. But um, ED Observatory is a little, a little app that does, like, one one thing really really well and you jump into a system and it will tell you if there's anything that might be of interest in the system now i know when i go out and when i go exploring i have ed observatory open and i'm specifically looking for ne um uh shepherd moons i thought it's been a while um shepherd moons because they take really good pictures have you have you used it op since you've been on pc I haven't actually. No, I'm still a bit of a technophobe <laughs> when it okay. comes to doing plugins and stuff. I know a lot of people that use it swear by it, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, you know things like Shepherd Moons. Um, I believe is it not that one that's good for finding um, atmospherics of particular types as well. I think, um, but there, there it is. It's a fantastic tool, and I really should should pull my finger out and actually figure out how to use it um, i mean honestly i would say if i can use it anybody can but um it, it's it's so simple and it does that one thing incredibly well and like some some of the visuals that i've got from it i would never have even thought to have stopped at like a at a, a planet or um a a particular moon that was in this vanilla looking system if it wasn't for um uh ed observatory and that for me is a complete uh, like epitomizes the unsung heroes of elite so for those who've never used it does it require a a honk to work or does it require you to do the ffs scanner on each of the bodies in the system to work or is it just as soon as you jump in it tells you what's there i think I, if memory serves, I believe a honk will give you some information and then an FSS scan will give you more information in exactly the same way the game does because it reads it from your journal. Yeah, I was going to say that most of these apps, I believe, I've, I've got a friend that's that's made an app um, for specifically looking at uh, types of stars versus Earth-likes, water worlds, ammonia worlds to sort of build up an idea and yeah it's, if you honk the system you'll only get the star but if you then scan the system um, as you say it's looking at your logs and reading that uh, reading it from your journal files okay cool cool I'm, I'm about... just looking at like ones from chat as well go ahead ben what was that? yeah if we're talking about unsung things i think i've got to do one that it's not so needed now but one of my favorite apps 
um, before we started getting all these planetary markers was Edison. Um, and I've I've not tested it in Odyssey as well, so that annoys me. So I'm gonna have to do I'm gonna have to test it with uh, with Odyssey. But basically, it would go off and a bit like that G17 app, it would show you how to get somewhere. You just enter the coordinates, and it would guide you down to it. Um, but it would also go off and it would give you a nice little HUD on your screen, and it would tell you you know veer left until you hit 117 degrees. Um, pitch down degrees, ten angles, and things like that. So uh, it was right good. That sounds really cool. It really, it really, really was. Um, oh, what have I done? Sorry, I'm just, just getting shot at here slightly. I mean, that yeah, that's was, like the was, Elite Dangerous Odyssey story in a nutshell. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> um, well, they're shooting my ship at the moment. That's fine because I'm on foot. Ha ha. Yeah, it certainly beats. You know, using something like that beats the the old go at the three sixty degrees oh, till God, one yeah. lines up, go go ninety degrees till the other lines up. Yeah, there, there there was a website that did that as well, where you you had to put in your um latitude and latitude, and it would tell you which direction to face and um or like which compass point to go on, and that was still a nightmare. It was Commander Vithagar that did that does um uh uh. uh ED Observatory. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate that. That's so cool. I really like the idea of that. The heads-up sat-nav system for landings, Paul Archer said in the chat. We've had loads of um, like suggestions in the chat room as well, and I totally appreciate that um, we have a a huge like list of um, ones. That we- and we probably won't cover all of them. I certainly... As far as like content creators are concerned, I don't want to miss anyone out, so we're just missing all of them entirely. Well, even, well, even people who've written apps and websites and guides and everything else like that, the list just goes on. And to, and to mm. be honest, that is one of the things that's kept me playing. It's not necessarily the gameplay, and yes, we've all got issues with it in some shape or form, but the overriding thing about it and the thing that keeps me playing Elite and indeed other games... It's how good the community is and how helpful and generous the people are who play the game. And to be fair, even in-game and out-of-game, I don't think I've encountered a community as generous as the Elite community, not just in putting their time in for the tools and the apps, but also dipping into their pockets, doing charity stuff. All the whole stuff like that just completely blows you away and... Yeah, it really does. Yeah, agreed. The 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 elite community, you know, charity events. I I don't see many many communities all as you say dipping into their pockets for pretty much any charity event that is that's hosted by elite. Um, but yeah, the sh- if you think about it, the sheer amount of time that some of these uh, creators that make the the sort of third party apps must go into, it, they're putting more time into that than actually playing the game. Yeah, I thought yeah. you were going to say the day job, but there we go. <laughs> well, well, I mean, possibly in some cases, probably the shoe fits, and it, a lot of it is like proper passion projects and and things like that. And um, I couldn't possibly like f- talk about a section about third party apps without mentioning my life, my love, ED engineer. Um, it is. It is one of the most amazing, amazing apps that is out there. If you want to get into engineering, it it streamlines it so much for you. And I'm not going to turn this into an advertisement for ED Engineer. I promise. That's every other episode of Flight Assist. Um, but it is it is so 
so so useful but it's not very good with odyssey stuff and like on foot stuff and the odyssey materials helper is absolutely phenomenal and that's just like been that arrived so quickly after odyssey came out even when odyssey was like completely not as playable as it is now even when odyssey was not as um as playable as it is now it's still that that was still being created and i think that's testament to the dedication of a lot of people uh, like these hugely talented people in the community who do things that i certainly couldn't do i i've just had a thought that there's someone we haven't mentioned who's actually probably been at the end of more live radio episodes than almost any member of the crew what are they reading the news so that we don't have to is it that person I think it's that team. Yes. Yes, Pete and Jude. Pete and Jude are two of the most... And also two of the most lovely people that I've ever had the opportunity to meet as well. And um, just the best. They, they are. They're, they're amazing. I mean, I, there was one Lave, uh, LaveCon a few years ago. Is I think it was we... I think it was the one we were celebrating the 200th edition of Lave Radio. And just as a... Just an idea, I said to Pete, Pete, we could really do with a Galnet News to cover the late, you know, start of late radio. Did you sort of prepare anything? And he goes, Oh no, I, you know, we it just we didn't didn't get a chance to do it. And so in the in the uh, time from basically it was the morning from the morning sessions to the afternoon sessions of late radio, he did a Galnet News for all of late radio off the top of his head, and it was absolutely brilliant. So yeah. He could have just said, well, you know, we left it a bit late now, etc. But no, nothing was too much for him. So, yeah. Thanks, Pete. Yeah. Legend. The, the, yeah. The, the, the amount of work that Pete and Jude put into both, obviously, the, the Galnet News Digest side of things, but also, you know, Jude, the amount of artworks that she'll produce for pretty much anybody, uh, it blows me away every time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Every time. And sometimes um, without even asking, yeah, I'm yeah, like, exactly. Oh, I've got post from Jude. Oh, that's just so wonderful. She's an excellent human. Yep, absolutely. Um, it, like that, I think I saw a Twitter post from from Jude uh, either today or yesterday, where she she's running out of pictures to, to to do. Anybody got any pictures that they want done? No, she's asking is that you pay for the postage? It's like, yeah, what? <laughs> amazing, absolutely amazing, it's fantastic. Just fantastic. Um, I think I think to round out this um, this section, I would love to say that we are so fortunate, even I mean, even in everything that's going on and all of that kind of stuff, we're so fortunate to have like so many really incredibly skilled, clever people making our time in the galaxy just that little bit better. I think. Uh, uh, yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> there, there, there's there's so many out there that just it, it, this kind of the ethos of elite dangerous is hundred percent, and everybody is is willing to help. A lot of it comes down to the learning cliff, and oh yeah, I was there once. I knew what that was like. I want to help. Mm. And that just gets perpetuated in so many different fashions throughout. Whether it be content, whether it be tutorials, whether it be tools, love it. Absolutely. I, I, I feel like I'm going to say something super, super cliche and say to you, dear listener, 
if there is anyone that you that has changed your um elite dangerous journey and has made your elite dangerous life easier please let us know and we'd love to we'd love to read them out at a later episode um ben yeah i think i'm going to totally and utterly agree with that it's just like just you just talk about it sort of yeah, I was flying along and some random stranger helped me. Is that kind of what you're thinking, Sai? Yeah, either some I was flying along and some random help, person helped me or I was using Spanch and I love Spanch and you haven't mentioned Spanch yet. Or um, I um, would, I like to use um, ED Assets um, when I'm creating some of my content oh, and I, I don't have, know where oh, I'd be without them. God, yeah, without ED Assets, I would be... Up various creeks without various paddles when trying to do anything remotely for the show, and you know, I can't do art, but I can copy and paste assets from ED assets. Mhm, mhm. So it... God bless those guys for working out all the fonts, all the colours, the gifts. It's just, yeah. Oh, so good. Thank you. So good. So good. Please, thank you very much. Appreciate that. There's just so many wonderful people, and I'm sure, I'm sure that we've gonna have missed someone who or something that has changed your life. So please let us know. Please let us know, and we'd love to read them out at a, at a later date for sure. Should we, should we very quickly, without any, without gushing, read read what we remember, or should we forget? Um, I was just going to suggest Ben before we do that. Mm-hmm. Um, are we seeing the glimmerings of a new segment in the show called Unsung Heroes, where listeners tell us of people who have made their elite game life better that week? I mean, on the show. I mean, if, that to me is a hundred percent more positive than Psychic Smudge Corner. So I'm all if over that. Want, if people want to send them to us, we will happily read it. A hundred percent. Like comment on YouTube. Um, drop. Um, Drop Send us an email, email, Twitter, um, Twitter, or Facebook, like you know. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll go on Facebook if I have to. Please don't. <laughs> you don't. Yeah, but I'd rather Twitter, but you know, I do check Facebook occasionally. Oh, uh, I think I think Dow Scotsman is trying to combine the idea, of bring back the smut, so you, <laughs> you can combine the smut with the unsung heroes, maybe. No, that could work. That could work too. No. Um, but I, I, I think unless anybody else has anything that they would wish to add, shall, shall I quickly read our third-party apps? By all means, go ahead, Ben. Right. Okay. So, right, we reading this and fully admitting uh, there are things that I have forgotten, even things that I use on a regular basis that I've forgotten. But right, and talking about going back to names as well that you can't pronounce. So, EDMC, whose author I believe is. Athan Asius, we've all, we've already mentioned Slopey's tool. Artie, who's behind Anara. Phoenix Linker, Linker, sorry, who does Coriolis IO. Maxime Sarali, Sar, uh, Sar, uh, Sar, Sarala, maybe. Ed Engineer, you should you should know, but I, well maybe not. That does that. Paul Heisig, who does EDDB. Uh, Maxime Slayton, who's the uh, person behind Anderson. Spytech and Gurud, who do, who are the guys behind ED Assets, Vithiger for VED Discovery, and Gareth Harper, who's the guy, be- the dev behind Spanch. Thank you so much to all of you guys and your amazing teams, because ev- I think pretty much every one of these is an open source app, or more or less every one of these is open source as well. And obviously you've got the one lead dev behind it, but there's a whole t- team of things behind the behind the team, as it were. Um, so. 
massive shouts to all of those guys. Thank you so much. Uh, oh, and Garrod also did a league BGS, apparently. Yep. Uh, we're Sorry, getting that was, we're I was already live, adding we're getting stuff. Live Sorry, I was already adding stuff. I was trying. Um, I was like, "Well, I think about it." Um, community group or groups of groups of people who who have added without asking for anything. The obligatory fuel rats. You know, I know we're talking about things that you know, unsung heroes, and the rats get sung about all the time because they're so freaking awesome. Operation Ida. Again, they get sung about all the time, but again, they're so freaking awesome. Uh, you know, they're just they're they're constantly working, aren't they? Uh, you got the 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 hull seals, the rock rats, the buckyballers, elite racers, the kingfishers, uh, which is a rarer one, uh, AXI, and of course, cannon as well. And this is non-definitive. This is us sitting here with a notepad, going, "Shit, who's done things for for elite that we can think of in ten minutes?" Yeah, pretty much, pretty much that was it. And I but... apologise to everyone who I forgot. Any anyone anyone that Ben specifically missed out? <laughs> did you did you it's hear me pass me. that back just then? Yeah, I will accept it's all on me. <laughs> yeah, anyone that Ben specifically did, um missed out, please take up with Ben and um email Lave Radio um specifically telling him um how much of Ben you stuck having forgotten you. Yeah. Ben, I bought you drinks at the bar and you still don't remember me, you twat. <laughs> okay. Like yes. Okay, over to a community corner. Our first big thing in the community corner is LaveCon. LaveCon 2022 is taking place on July 16th to 17th at Kent's Hill Park, Milton Keynes. There are some small changes to the hotel costs which we will need to factor in and the venue itself is quite a different layout. The LaveCon 2022 Twitch account has got all of the details... Um, they're going to be updating the website and social media with all the details, including venue information, maps and access. They're going to be emailing anyone with a rolled over ticket or previous booking that has not been refunded with your details and options. Everyone on the mailing list, there's going to be ticket bookings open up on the website. But they do ask for patience while they do all of those things because um, they will get the information out as possible. So don't inundate them with emails. Just inundate Ben with emails with different information, but nothing about LaveCon because we can't help right now. Um, but they will give you the, the information as soon as they can. The bookings for the hotel rooms will be on the Friday, Friday through Sunday nights. Is that how I'm supposed to interpret that? Yeah, usually the... Uh, there's like an ambassador's meal or something like that on the Friday night, as long as as long as people are helping set up as well. Okay, so. okay. Yeah. So if you do not book directly through the hotel, they should not accept it. But people try it all the time, and Booking dot com will go off and do things. So do not do that. You'll only mess things up for yourself. Book yeah, everything you using 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 the HWS website. Um, you can book Friday night. Saturday night is obviously the when the con. Saturday onto Sunday's the con. And then a lot of people also stay over on the Sunday night, help with the get down, and then all go for breakfast on Monday morning and head off to work, or the bar, or various other things on Monday. Um, but obviously, you know, I think if I remember correctly, the gold ticket and above usually includes Saturday night's accommodation and breakfast and things like that, usually. But Karen yeah. will confirm all these things. Yeah, we'll. Uh, um... It's going to be very different, apparently. So, well, Google mapped it and did a um, satellite view of, of the venue. 
it's 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 quite different to Sedgebrook Hall. There's plenty of parking, so you don't have to worry about that. But yeah. it, it's a different different layout than Sedgebrook. So uh, what I don't know is whether or not Gold will include all the meals for that day, or or whether there's anything nearby you can get food instead. It, it or, looks like there is a, there is food there, but this is also it's on the it looks like it's on the outskirts of Milton Keynes. Uh, but there are places sort of a twenty minute, half an hour walk away, or things like that. It look it looks like. Yeah, the centre, the main shopping centre, looks to be about a quarter of an hour drive away, I think, probably. That's good. It looks like it's about five, four or five miles away from okay. Milton Keynes Central Station or something like that. Be patient and stay posted and there'll be more, there'll be more stuff coming. But you yeah. can at least book your flights and you know, we know where we yeah. are. We know, we know like where that. and when, and that is the important bit. We can get that, start getting that yeah. ready. Anyway, um, I expect we'll have Karen on in a couple of weeks. Will we, uh, Ben, to talk about it in more detail? Hopefully, I should. I should imagine so. We'll have to. We'll have to organise that, and we'll have to let you know when it when it I mean, happens. All this information came out about an hour or two before uh, before the show went live, and Karen's you know I'm not sort of in a position to talk about it officially yet, or something like that. I don't know. I'll shut up now. I think that's probably the best. <laughs> isn't it? It, it, it might be a good idea. Um, we also have. Um, we had some on the back of our conversation last week. Um, we've had some um, hidden gems sent in to us. Um, Commander Happy Moon Monkey sent us this beautiful image of this really cute hidden gem that, that they found. And then um, Orange Phoenix, you also sent us some absolutely stunning pictures of some some lush spaces in the in the galaxy. Like one of my favourite. They're, they're kind of hidden gems, but they're not, if you know what I mean. But like Dr. K's soul. Um, yeah. I found... Uh, uh, I think it was a carbon dioxide atmospheric right next to it, um, and that was the sort of first picture that I, I said because I oh that that mixture of the blue with the red of the the, the nebula um, I thought was absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, world of death, getting shots from the surface of the wor- world of death is always a a cracking one. Yeah, That's so cool that place. Oh yeah, World World of Death is one of my favourites. I've I've always uh, dropped dropped in there every time I'm going, you know, to Colonia. I'll stop off in Colonia first so that when I, I, I need will to, likely uh, die, <laughs> yeah, at least spawn. You've back rem- there. Yeah, you you've reminded me. I need to um, talk Eldest Minishan into landing there and having a look at some point. Yeah, yeah you're not going to give him any information, are you, Shan? You're not going to tell him anything about it. <laughs> Why would I do that? Yep, cool, <laughs> cool. <laughs> These pictures will be will be in the show notes. Um, also, the the that that beautiful stunner of the NSP and um, and and the Venus and sunset that you have, which are absolutely stunning photos. Yeah, the, the, the Venus is a spot that I I absolutely adore. Love going there, and if you can get it in that sort of sunset, and you just get the blues and the greens in it, um, really really stands out. And yeah, that NSP was just literally you know NSPs in general. Yeah, 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 true. Awesome. But that one particularly was quite close to the star, so it's got the star behind it causing that glow, and it just looks like a fireball. Absolutely amazing. But that's yeah. wonderful. That's wonderful. That's it. That's, that's one of my faves. That's really pretty. I really want to go and find that now. It's lush. So thank you for those, for sending those in. Again, please feel free to send us stuff, and we'd love to mention them um, in the community corner section. On Friday, Obsidian Ant... Release the information about Obsidian NFTs, 
which was obviously an April Fool's joke, joke, but it's a very good one and I highly recommend that you go and check it out. This Saturday coming from 9 o'clock a.m. on Saturday the 9th and 9 o'clock a.m. in-game time on Sunday the 10th, there is a full day of on-foot PvP action. It, it looks really fun. I, I mentioned it earlier. It looks like it's going to be a bit of a blast. Um, <laughs> um, I just realised I made a pun and I got very yeah. excited about it. Unintended there. I know. <laughs> pun not intended, but appreciated. But it does look like a lot of fun. And if you want to um, want it to have a hand in some on-foot PvP, it's not super expensive, especially if you win somewhere with oh, that's at war. It doesn't really cost anything, so I'm probably going to go there maybe for a little bit on Saturday night. Might be a bit of fun to see if we can have a have a play with some on-foot PvP action, which I'd really like to do. But there is a link to the Discord in the show notes. Um, then we have um, Commander Yannick. Between September to November, they will be organising an epic expedition in Elite Dangerous called the Passage to Andromeda Expedition, starting at Lave, oh, we know that place, and ending at the closest point to the Andromeda Galaxy, the mysterious Star One, with more to come soon. I believe um, they're talking about that on their Twitter, is that right? Uh, Yannick's been talking about that on Twitter as well as on Discord and things like that. Okay, uh, perfect. Have you a quick look on EDSM and... You know, the route they're taking seems to is like, yeah, okay, they're heading around the galaxy, but they're heading around the Milky Way about three times before they decide to head off towards Andromeda. So I'm I'm intrigued about the route because it's certainly not a beeline, but it looks like it's a very pretty and fun route, which is probably the reason why they're taking it. Yeah. Um, because I know we're go- we're you know, like the route to Andromeda, even though Andromeda is over at sort of gal- galactic southwestish kind of thing. You know, we still go over to Beagle Point and so on first, you know, just because you do. And then we mm. must have to sort of like come back around before heading over southwest. But hey, it's 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 all good fun, and I I am looking for I'm I'm very very tempted by that. Although it's it's you know I thought Beagle Point I thought Distant Worlds two and heading to Beagle Point and back was a commitment, and that's you know what's that 70, 65, 70 light years each way something like 60, 65, 75. Thousand light years, I should say, each way. Um, and this is, I think, this is about 140 light years plus another 40 light years to get back to the bubble again. So it's a long, long way. Mm. Um, That's interesting. But it's damn tempting. It is very tempting. I see. The thing is, you just. What about the FOMO, though, Ben? What about the FOMO? Um, we have. Um, Sorry, what, what I'm possibly showing my age, what's FOMO? Fear of missing out of things going on in the bubble. Oh, right. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it's the constant struggle. Um, yeah. And then we also had um, Elite Dangerous Trade Ranks animated by the High, the high Wake. We've got a link to that in the show notes as yeah. well. I, I, I love the High Wake. I haven't watched that yet. Oh, I, I, oh. Love, I love his stuff. It's so good. This one, I, I had a proper good giggle when I watched this one, I must admit. <laughs> Really, really good. Yeah, especially the the potato flying across. I have to go and watch. This sounds exciting. (laughs) You know, for something so short, it's so entertaining. (laughs) The thing that I love about the High Wake's work is he just nails the elite community. That's cool. Yeah, but the subtleties. Yeah, the subtleties. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I can't wait to watch that. Uh, Alec Turner also did a, um, gave us a video with how to catch an SRV with some outtakes. I also, I'm so sorry, Alec. I haven't watched this either. I'm terrible. What's, what's this like? What's this about? 
It is exactly what it says on the tin. It's Alec, Alec Turner doing SRV shenanigans. TLDR, he parks his ship on top of his crate and then dismisses his crate and then attempts to catch the SRV. And I, I will leave it at that. It's a must <laughs> watch. It is, you know, it's typical Alec Turner. Yeah. He, yeah. He, you know, he, everything he does is hilarious. Um, but this particular His choice of music one, is good as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, this particular one, um, and because uh, you've got the outtakes as well, which <laughs> which are always good. <laughs> okay, awesome, yeah. awesome. I have things to watch tonight. Perfect, good stuff. Um, get some popcorn and things like that. You'll be. Fine. I know, right? I know, right? Um, get the gin in, and we'll be all right. Has anyone else got anything else that they would like to bring up? I remember something I forgot to say about the other week, actually, when we are doing the trading CG, that I did most of that in VR and loved it. Oh, Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. But that's completely irrelevant <laughs> this week. But, you know, that's stuff I did last week. Sure. Sure, Ben. <laughs> that works for me. That absolutely works for me. So I, I guess then we'll go on to, we'll go on to the shout-outs and say that our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, broadcasts on Thursdays from 8.30. You can tune in at twitch.tv slash Truckers or for just the audio at radiofothemug.com. For the discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash CQC. We're also giving shout-outs to the following Elite Dangerous podcasts which have appeared over the last year or our standard regular contributors – Algarab AM, Black Sky Legion, Canon Podcast, for Spanish speakers there is the Elite Cast, the Fatherhood Podcast, Flight Assist, the Guard Frequency, who do other space as well, Loose Screws, Squeaking Fuel and System Chat. For those who want a literary discussion about sci-fi and fantasy books, please subscribe to the Data Slate Podcast, which is created by Station Commander Alan Stroud. Following this, we have the latest Galnet News Digest as provided by Commander Wotherspoon and Commander Beetlejude. Thank you to those who have chipped in on Twitch chat and our in-game commanders that we had Miggles, Commander Troggy Woggy Doodah, I love that, Commander Oblivious88, Kepler186B and Huge Appendage. Damn it, Kremen. Um, um, with Pixie Wifey's here. Pixie Wifey, and I know I'm um, like OP, you're there as well with. Uh, and I, I, I was till I got killed by Pixie Wifey. Right oh my death. god. The Oops. audacity. <laughs> um, Metsy's here and Finyash. Loads, loads of folk have shown up tonight. Um, and we all ran off and started doing other missions. So, well, sorry. Yeah. Well, awesome. We'll meet up again some other point. Um, special thanks also to Commander Tokuso, Jay and Trax, and Alan Stroud, who created the music used in the show. Well, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you would like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, hit us up on facebook.com slash laveradio, tweet us at laveradio. You can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where Commander come to hang out and chat which you can find at teamspeak.laveradio.com do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out on laveradio.com slash live thank you to Commander Shan Commander Edelweiss 
Commander Orange Phoenix, and special thanks to today's tech specialist, the lovely Chris Maltfall. Until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. News Digest, 5th of April 3308. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, we look at the mad scramble to back Salvation's superweapon. We examine Mick Turner's barnacle. We report on the Marlinist vote to return under the wing of the Empire. And we contemplate what commanders really want. There are rumours that Salvation is building an even more powerful superweapon to shake up the invading Thargoids and send them packing once and for all. And he has the backing of at least 2,000 independent commanders. Taurus Mining Ventures is running two parallel initiatives out of megaships currently stationed in Guardian space east of the bubble. The heart of Taurus, Insinio FECE-R, C21-6, is collecting ores that allegedly have been altered in a special and potentially valuable way by exposure to a special form of radiation found in the system. And in the worst-kept secret of the week, the Masashi is collecting Guardian relics from HIP39768 and nearby sites. Guardian relics are a vital component of Salvation's anti-Thargoid weapon. There are paint jobs and decals available for participants, so it's not entirely clear whether commanders are participating for ideological reasons or just to get the goodies. The Masashi, with its hold laden with many thousands of Guardian relics, will be heading back to the Taurus Mining Ventures base in Titori early on Thursday. It is unclear how long it will take Salvation to make his next move once he takes possession of that precious cargo. 
way out in the California Nebula, an area occupied by Alliance factions and the Kumu Council's California Freeport, but where there's only one faction in each system and the normal rules of politics do not apply. On Planet 4, of the California Sector BA-AE6 system, there's a surface base named after one of the founders of the Alliance, Mick Turner. And in the base, there's a warehouse. And in the warehouse, hidden from view, there's a Thargoid barnacle. It's not easy to see the barnacle. All the windows are blacked out, and no one will talk about the experiments being carried out there. Galnet News Digest used special camera techniques to see inside the warehouse, and we can confirm that the Alliance does indeed have a captive barnacle, ripe with meta-alloy fruit, hidden away inside the base. Given their subsequent actions, there can be little doubt that the Alliance established its bases in the California Nebula because of the barnacles there. It has a special interest in Thargoid technology and meta-alloys in particular. It has stripped barnacles in the Witchhead Nebula and the Musca Dark region for this rare commodity. As the only power in the California Nebula, and with a string of bases that, despite a large Thargoid presence, have never been attacked, it seems that the Alliance is doing some sort of mysterious research on the organic Thargoid technology that makes meta-alloys possible. Is the Alliance in league with the Thargoids? Or are they trying to set up as an alternative supplier of meta-alloys by growing their own barnacle sites? Can the Alliance be trusted? Following Emperor Orissa's offer of protectorate status to the Marlinist colonies, First Minister Octavia Volkov has put the offer to the people of the colonies in a referendum, with the result to be announced by the end of the week. The offer would see trade, communication and defence ties established, with the Empire assisting the colonies with their defence requirements, in return for the colonists swearing allegiance to the Imperial throne. They would be free to maintain their democratic ways while remaining under the Imperial umbrella, and citizens would be free to meet friends and family in the Empire. There is still some resentment in the colonies over the heavy-handed treatment of the Marlinists by Senator Denton Petraeus and the Imperial Navy when the NMLA was threatening the lives of millions of Imperial subjects. Can the colonists overcome this in favour of the undoubted benefits that belonging to a larger trading and military grouping will bring? The answer to the question on the ballot paper. Should the Marlinist colonies remain an isolated Republican society or should we move beneath the Empire's protective wing? Is one that could have repercussions for centuries to come. There was a time when all that commanders wanted was to get out of their spaceships and SRVs and stretch their legs. When many of them were finally granted that ability, and after they stopped moaning about how artificial gravity makes it feel like you're not really in space, the very next thing they demanded was the ability to sit down again on the not-very-comfortable-looking recliners and bar stools. And with the opening up of fleet carrier social zones, commanders can indeed place their padded nether regions on similarly padded seats, and all is well. Except it's not. What's the use of a bartender who buys and sells materials, but from whom you can't buy a drink? 
Commanders are now demanding a selection of alcoholic and non-alcoholic beverages to order from the bartender and to sip upon as they conduct their business. And when they finally get drinks, they'll start demanding bar snacks. And where's the lunch menu? Give commanders what they ask for and we'll soon have restaurants in space. And then they'll be glad of the artificial gravity. No one wants their drink and their filet mignon floating off into the distance. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. (laughs) 